welcome back to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. I'm Robbie. Uh, funny story, this is the 50th episode and I had an idea for something that I thought would be really cool and creative to celebrate the 50th episode. So uh, I kept postponing the next episode until I could finish the cool creative thing, but I just never really got it to work like I wanted it. I, I, I think I'll... So anyway, I don't have a special 50th episode, but my spouse Luke has written an episode about Peter because he volunteered to do it. And I really like how he handled the Peter stuff in the Easter episodes from last spring. So I was like, yeah, go for that. That sounds like a great idea. So uh, anyway, he has written a story and I've edited it and uh, here we go. Today, we're back in the book of Acts, which tells the story of the early Christian church. If you need to catch up, our previous episodes in Acts are episodes 30, 31, and 46. Well, so the last time we were in Acts, we met the Apostle Paul, who was called Saul, and he was like an enemy of the church, uh, but then he became like a leader of the church, except for like before the story picks up, he actually left Jerusalem altogether. He left Israel. I think he went to Rome or something. I don't know. Um, and then the whole church in Jerusalem prospered. <laughs> so uh, we're back to focusing on Peter, who had been, you know, one of Jesus's closest friends. And he was appointed by Jesus to lead the early church. And he, you know, he's done miracles and stuff. And he's just kind of a big deal. So at this point, the church's home base was in Jerusalem, the most important city in Israel, and the place where Jesus had died and come back to life. And I guess Peter had kind of lived there ever since that happened. But at this point, it seems like he didn't have a permanent home. So if someone in another city needed his help, he would go there and help them. And then he would just kind of live there for a while until he got a call from someone in another city. So right now, the church was a bunch of Jewish people who had heard the message or possibly had even followed Jesus themselves while he was alive. And it was like a big, mostly happy family when God wasn't miraculously striking people dead for lying to Peter about donations for the church. So um, anyways, Peter was just going around single-handedly leading the entire church, which was now kind of sprawling all over the place. And the church was taking care of each other and sometimes inviting other Jewish people to become part of the Christian church. So Peter went to the city of Lydda, where there was a man named, I looked this up, it's, it's spelled weird, but it's Aeneas. Yes, I think I got it right. There was a man in the city of Lydda named Aeneas, whose legs had been paralyzed for eight years. You may remember Jesus had healed people who couldn't walk, and Peter called on Jesus' power to heal Aeneas. He said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. I guess it's as simple as that. And then he said, get up and roll up your bed mat. And Aeneas did. And a lot of people who lived around that town saw it. They were like, wow, we should follow this Jesus guy that Peter's talking about. So now Peter was living in Lydda, but that didn't last very long because he soon got a message from some Christians who lived in the city of Joppa. And they said there was a wonderful disciple here named Tabitha. And she was always doing good, and she was helping poor people, but she suddenly died, so, and we miss her, so could you come help? So Peter came to Joppa, and sure enough, he, he went into the room where Tabitha's body was, and um, he told everyone to leave the room. So they all left, and then he prayed, and he said, Tabitha, get up! And she came back to life and got up! And everyone was really amazed, and, and everyone had heard she had died, and then they're like, well, she's not dead now! 
And they're like, it was Jesus again. So they all believed in Jesus. Uh, and then Peter stayed in Joppa with a man named Simon the Tanner. But like that didn't last too long either. Next up, God is working on a little plan here. In the nearby city of Caesarea, there lived a man named Cornelius. He was a religious man who prayed to God regularly. But Cornelius was different from all the people we've met in the book of Acts up to this point because he was a Gentile, which just means a person who is not Jewish. In fact, he was from Rome, and he was living in Galilee because he was a centurion, like a, like a sergeant, in the Roman army. So you know, kind of a big deal to the whole oppressor thing. A little bit of a big deal. Anyway, so the Roman Empire had groups of soldiers posted all throughout all the lands they had conquered to make sure the people that they were oppressing would behave themselves and not try to rebel against Rome. And Cornelius was one of those. But the, the text just kind of puts it there. Like, he did that, but also he was a good guy. Okay, so he was he was a good person for a Roman so he actually followed the Jewish God and was always looking for opportunities to help people who were in need. And because of that, the Jewish people whose town he lived in had a lot of respect for him. Well, one day, uh, Cornelius had a vision. An angel of God appeared before him and said, Cornelius. And then he was afraid, which is a pretty common reaction when someone sees an angel in the Bible, because they're, I don't know, they're imposing, apparently. So he, he was scared, but he said, what is it, Lord? I don't think he really knew that it was God. It just Lord is what you would say to someone out of like respect. And so the angel said, you pray to God and you help people in need and God has noticed your good deeds. So God says, you need to send some of your servants to Joppa and tell them they need to find a man named Simon, who's nicknamed Peter, and have them bring him back to you. Peter is staying with a different guy named Simon, Simon the Tanner, and he has a house by the sea. I mean, you'll know it right away. So, like, those seem like pretty good directions for finding Peter, but the angel maybe could have explained why it was so important that Cornelius met Peter. But Cornelius didn't actually ask any questions about that. He just uh, immediately, he was really excited. He called three of his servants and he told them about the angel and the message and he sent them to Joppa to find Peter and bring him back with them. The next day, as Cornelius's servants were getting close to Joppa, Peter had a vision of his own. He had gone up to the roof of his friend Simon's house to pray. And while he was praying, he got super hungry and asked his housemates if they could make something to eat. And so they started making food, and he's still praying, and he saw a vision, like the heavens were being opened, and then out of the heavens came a sheet, like a large sheet, or maybe like a picnic blanket, because inside the sheet were, were animals that sometimes people would eat for food. It floated down on the ground, and there were all these kinds of animals, like reptiles and pigs and stuff. And a voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter was a Jew, and the Jewish people have specific laws that were handed down from God by Moses about what kinds of meat they can and cannot eat. For example, they could eat things like beef and chicken if they were prepared in a certain way, but not pork. They couldn't eat pig. They, they couldn't eat, like, reptile or, like, alligator or snake. They couldn't eat that. So meat that they were allowed to eat was called clean um, and meat they were not allowed to eat was called unclean. I'm using the past tense here because... This story takes place a long time ago, but actually a lot of people still follow those those rules. But anyway, uh, Peter was like, 
I just can't believe this. This doesn't make any sense. The God is going to tell me to eat unclean meat because I am very good at, you know, keeping the rules. So but if you remember the story about Peter talking to Jesus, you know, he, he doesn't like have any problems contradicting the Lord if the Lord says something that doesn't sound right. So he said, he actually just said, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. And the voice said, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Like, well, okay. But like that wasn't enough because this is Peter. So he actually said it three times because three times is a thing with Peter. So um, the voice would say, kill and eat have some dinner, right? And Peter would say, no, I don't eat anything unclean. And the voice said, don't call it unclean when God has made it clean. Three times they did this. And then the big sheet with the animals like floated back up to heaven. And uh, that was it. That was the vision. So Peter was like, what could this possibly mean? Because it's probably not really about food. Like he was thinking maybe that's just because I was hungry. So while Peter was thinking about the vision, the guy's that Cornelius had sent showed up at the house. And they knocked on the door and they asked for Simon, who was called Peter. Sorry, Simon the Tanner, we, we want the other one. And Simon the Tanner was like, yeah, I get that all the time. And then the, the spirit of God like poked Peter, like, Boop, pay attention. The three guys are down there looking for you and I sent them, so hurry up and go with them. So Peter ran downstairs and he said to the three guys, I'm the one you're looking for, why are you here? And they said, Cornelius the centurion sent us. He's a Gentile, but he's a really good man who listens to God. And all the Jewish people respect him. And an angel appeared to him and told him to ask you to come to his house so he could hear what you have to say. And they also probably kind of excited to hear what he has to say because they don't know what he's going to say. So Peter invited them to come inside. And so they, they stayed the night there. They ate dinner. And the next day, Peter traveled with the men to Caesarea. Cornelius wasn't just waiting for them. He had gone out and he had found like all his friends, all his relatives, like everyone who would listen to him, that someone really important was coming with a really important message. And if they came to his house, they could also hear the message. So there was this huge crowd. Peter showed up and when Cornelius saw Peter, he's like, oh, this must be a really holy person. Maybe even this person is a god or something. So he fell to the ground in front of him like like to show reverence. Peter said, please stand up. So Peter uh, went inside with Cornelius and they saw the huge crowd. And he's like, oh, these are all Gentiles. These are not Jewish people at all. And then Peter was like, oh, that's what God was trying to say. So he said to the crowd, you probably know that it's against our law for a Jew to visit a Gentile, but God showed me that I should not call anything impure or unclean. So when Cornelius asked me to come, I didn't argue, but and Cornelius told Peter about the angel who had spoken to him like three days before and told him to invite Peter. And so Cornelius is like, you know, Peter's like, why'd you ask me? And Cornelius is like, I was kind of hoping you would know that, you know, he said you'd have a message for us. Cornelius said, now here we are, gathered before God to listen to everything you may want to tell us. Peter said, now I understand how true it is that God does not show favoritism. He accepts people from every nation who do what is true and right. Uh, so then they told, Peter told everyone about Jesus. They kind of heard of him, but they didn't know like the whole story. And then Peter, you know, got to the part how, how if you believe in Jesus, you'll be forgiven. And uh, then it happened like in the, the, Pentecost thing when the tongues of fire came down and everyone started talking in these languages that they don't actually know 
And then they're all amazed at each other. And they're like, wow, God's doing some weird stuff here. This is pretty cool. And then Peter and his friends were like, wait. Because they're like, I mean, I guess maybe these people can join the church. But when they actually started speaking in tongues, just like it happened to the Jewish people when the Holy Spirit came to them, they were like, wow, this is, this is not what we expected. So Peter said, I mean, like, surely at this point, now that the same sign has happened, no one's going to object to these people being baptized with water because they received the Holy Spirit too. So they were baptized, which is a symbolic act where a person is dunked in water to show that they believe in Jesus. I think other groups might do it too, though. Or, and also it could be like sprinkling with water, but here I think it was dunking. They dunk them in the water. So, uh, so Peter stayed around and taught them for a few days, and that's how the church got its first Gentile members. Well, pretty soon the other leaders of the church found out that Peter had stayed with a bunch of Gentiles. <gasps> so the next time Peter came to Jerusalem, the leaders were like, hey, we heard you ate with the Gentiles and stayed in their house, so what's up with that? And then he's like, well, here's the whole story. And, you know, they even got, they even spoke in languages they didn't know. So he said, that made me remember what Jesus said, that we'd be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if God gave the Gentiles the same gift he gave to us, I mean, we just kind of have to accept them too, right? What are we going to argue with God? And then they were like, oh yeah, we're not going to argue with God. So they didn't have any objections. Um, so they praised God and they said, Gentiles can believe in Jesus too. Anyway, later, Paul, like the guy from the last story from Acts who always had to be right, he also independently decides that Gentiles can follow Jesus too. And he thinks he invented the concept and that Peter isn't really doing enough about it. And the whole book of Acts after after Peter, after this story, it kind of shifts from Peter to following Paul as he goes on missions and gets in trouble and stuff and gets shipwrecked and, I don't know, does something with a snake maybe. There's some cool stuff. I might have Luke write that one because I'm just still sick of Paul because he's he's always, I don't know, he annoys me. But I will edit in some of my own brilliantly cutting remarks. Don't worry. <laughs> so anyway, that's the story of the first Gentile Christians. Uh, many thanks to my spouse, Luke, for writing this. I'm not exactly sure when I'll be back or what I'll be back with. I have actually, I've already told all the stories that I was really excited about telling. And it's a lot easier to write something when I'm really excited about it. Um, and now I kind of don't know what I'm doing. And I think I've also told a significant percentage of the stories that I think I can tell in a way that's appropriate for children. Uh, but there are more, there are more. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take an actual intentional break instead of like a I'm totally burnout break. And I'm gonna decide uh, what to do next on the podcast. Hopefully get my, get my head on straight, get everything figured out. Um, make a list of, of all the stories I think I can actually do a really good job at. And then I plan to do a really good job at them. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole plan. So anyways, I'm going to take a break, but you have not heard the last of me. So uh, Robbie will be back with more Bible stories for heathen children at some undisclosed time in the future. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. I just really, I really appreciate the support. Our theme music is Wholesome by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. And until next time, shine on, Star Child. <laughs> <laughs>